I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Connecting the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. Welcome, everybody, to the show today. We love you, J.C., yeah, good to be here. <laughs> it's amazing. I get, I'm getting the trickling in. We because we have a podcast. We have people who listen uh, all week long to shows. Sometimes they'll listen to a week show in one day, and I'm getting so many comments from people who are like, "Tell JC he did a great job all by himself the other day." <laughs> so people are happy with what you're doing. You know what we do is teach history because history is our greatest teacher. And it shows us things about human nature. It shows us things about government because they always work together the same way at the same time. We had an amazing meeting today, didn't we, JC? Yeah, it was a good one. City elders in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. We had about 60 pastors and church leaders. Very powerful lesson on religious liberty as a teacher of history and what what we'd look like today. Yeah. Not learning that history. Oklahoma is an amazing place for 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 these folks. I, I remember several years ago, I was I was so impressed when we first connected with Pastor Paul Blair, and uh, saw you know all those folks, and then this once again, just such a spirit of activism. Man, there's such power here. It's crazy. I want to like, I want to take about seventy five percent of the folks uh, these guys have and and sort of distribute them amongst the states because. These guys are so activated and yeah, they really are ready to ride. And man. you know what? Oklahoma drivers are some of the kindest, most considerate drivers I've seen in America. Yeah, it's very strange. It's very strange. Uh, sometimes, as someone, I don't know what they're up to. I don't call myself it's a suspicious. tourist. We're not tourists because we're not touring the round, but we are unfamiliar with our surroundings sometimes. And I got stuck in one of those lanes that's a, a, a U-turn lane on the interstate and not a left-turn lane. And I, I couldn't get out of it. And so I just stopped and put on my blinker to try to get into the left-turn lane. And everybody just was like, oh, come on, we'll help you. You know, the car that was in the lane that I needed to get into stopped and waited for me to get in. The people behind me were just patient and waiting for me to, you know, get to move. If I had done that in New York, what would have happened in New York? Seriously. Yeah, somebody would have probably 
got out of their car and confronted you or rear-ended you or something on purpose. You know, yesterday we were talking about... New York City, that is. The Yesterday, yeah. Yesterday we were talking about the uh, the, dis- the disgusting bigotry of the left. And I want to mention sort of as a follow-up to that, uh, when we say left, that is not a political party. That is an ideology. An ideology that is held by many in a political party. But this is not about party. This is about the way you think. It's about the way you act and this left. And we have lots of friends, and, and they're telling me, hey, Chrisanne, it's really Marxism, right? You're dealing with Marxists. Uh-huh. And, I don't think, and, and I don't think that that's, uh, is that a misterm, left and Marxist? Are they, the, they synonymous, or are we making them synonymous? I mean, historically. Uh, I mean, left just, Marxist, that's specific. Left is just a broad term. Yeah, I, that's I don't what I thought. That it's it has it's a, lot a of really, meaning. really broad term. But it has to do with the Marxist ideology and the radical nature of how people are acting. Uh, and and yeah, These are Marxist revolutionaries. That's what I, that's what I call them. Yeah, I, mean, I, I picked yeah. that up from Trevor Loudon. Right. I mean, that's what he says, and he's, he's exactly right. You know, I want to... I wanna teach a little history lesson in this first segment because history is the the um, teller of the future and it teaches us about things and I think it's directly ap- applicable to what we're seeing this this attack on Kanye West this vitriol happening uh, against people who are trying to break free from the Marxist ideology, right? Yeah. People who, who just express to, a different opinion. Right, exactly. So Kanye is the picture everybody's seeing, but it's happening in other places in other ways. We had people yeah, trying probably, to break away. Kanye is probably not the best yeah. representation, right. which is convenient for the left, I yeah. think, because I mean, Kanye is a little off anyway, always has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so... But you've got Kurt Russell speaking truth, but he's not the first one in Hollywood. But remember, the w- first ones that came out in Hollywood, uh, James Woods and all those guys, those guys were were viciously attacked. Oh, yeah. And they're still viciously attacked. So what we have now is a situation where people are trying to speak truth and they're being attacked. And I think that's something we need to really identify here about who is the the... Where is the origin of these attacks? Who's orchestrating these attacks? And in my little history lesson, if you'll allow me, in the year 52 AD, there lived two men by the name of Paul and Silas. And it just so happened that these two guys, Paul and Silas, in the year 52 AD, were in a town called Thessalonica. And in this town of Thessalonica, Paul and Silas were in the community square, in the political headquarters, teaching truth. And believe it or not, those who were in political power didn't like what Paul and Silas were saying. And so the political leaders try to round up the people to oppress the speech of Paul and Silas for the truth that they were speaking, for the challenge of the government rhetoric that they were speaking. And in this history that I'm showing you, what happened here and the history books, the, the, the history, the book that teaches that history, if I, can, if I can refer to it that way, said that the, these political leaders 
when they heard Paul and Silas speaking their truth and the people who supported the political leaders did not believe, became envious of Paul and Silas. And I want to I want I want to point out this history because I think this is really important. JC, the history says that the people who didn't believe Paul and Silas, who were challenging the status quo, who were challenging the lies in the public forum, these people who did not like Paul and Silas, listen to what happened. It says, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, gathered a company of these lewd baser sort, and brought them to pull together the supporters of Paul and Silas and bring them out and persecute them. And I want to use this as a way of illustration because what we're seeing here is an attack on people across America who are challenging the educational status quo. They are challenging what used to be the truth of uh, what, what used to be their party's truth and it is, I want us to people, I want everybody to recognize that there is a, a puppet master behind the scene here. That this is, these are people being organized by those within the political party. Why? Because they, d- those that are in power, they don't want to soil their hands with the dirty work. So what they've done is they've pulled together the lewd fellows of the baser sort, the people, and, and, and that's the view of the politicians, the people in their party. Some people say the useful idiots or whatever, but in the eyes of the people in the power, uh, the people in the political party, the Democrats, the leftists, all of those, they believe that they're a lesser class of people. They are, in the eyes of the leadership, the lewd and baser sort. And so they're sending these people out to do their dirty work so that they can keep clean hands. And so what you have now is Hillary Clinton, you have Eric Holder standing up and saying things like, we're going to kick them when they're down, right? Oh, but we're not calling for violence. We're not inciting riots. We are just... um, Uh, speaking metaphorically, we're speaking politically, but they know exactly what they're doing. They're doing the same thing they're doing here. They are calling the people together to do their dirty work. So as we're identifying what's happening, remember, if we're going to find a solution to any problem, you have to find the source of that solution, uh, the source of that problem. And the source of that problem is the ignorance being dictated to the to the ground the, the the ground troops that are being manipulated by those of wicked liars within the leadership who are directing those we call on the left. Yeah. That's the problem. Well, if you hear somebody of holder stature and and Hillary Clinton and these these are elected officials it gives you cover. I mean it gives you encouragement to do these things. I mean if somebody of that uh, of that that holds a position like that can say stuff and and it's okay it get they get away with it then you know we can do whatever we want i think that's the me- that's the dangerous message that it's sending and here's the thing okay so they are very skilled at skirting the edge of law because in reality eric holder 
Barack Obama, when he said, when they take a knife, we'll bring a gun. Hillary Clinton saying what she said. They know they are not, by the technical rules of law, inciting violence. They know that. We cannot prosecute them for those words. We don't want to prosecute for them for those words because they are not truly inciting a riot. Or inciting a riot is a very definite legal term. But they also know the power of their influence and that people can will go out uh, like you said under the cover of their words and commit these acts of violence then they will point their fingers back will holder said will hillary said will obama said and they'll be able to say hey wait we weren't inciting we didn't tell anybody to go do this we weren't saying you go do this well i guess maxine waters could be criminally prosecuted for stuff like that that's different but these particular instances these are situations where these people are are actually manipulating those who do not have a proper understanding to do things that they want to do themselves but they're too cowardice to do them Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K R I S A N N E H A L L dot com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Here with my husband and co host, J.C. Hall. This is where the education of the people comes into play. And I'm hoping the breaking free of what's going on in society is is going to spread, like Abigail Adams said, from soul to soul. And you're, we're seeing that, aren't we, J.C., this this awakening? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. We talked about, about it before. I think talked about it the last couple of shows, you know, seeing the young people, high school, uh, college age, and then uh, obviously we see the, the um, African-American conservatives coalescing and standing up, speaking out, you know. It, it's funny, the, the whole Kanye West thing that, like I said, it's convenient for the West, for the left, because they want to make it seem like it's just this isolated, crazy guy, uh, you know, just just Kanye. That's just weirdo Kanye, which, you know, that's always going to be him. He's n- not going to be uh, a regular, you know, middle America guy by any stretch of the imagination at, at any <laughs> point in time. He's, he's, he's kind of, he's off, a, 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 let's say a tick. A degree, um, you know, so they want to make it out like it's just this guy, you know, a couple here and there. Like they said, the token Negro. And we know that's not the case. I mean, we're seeing all over the country this rise. And, but that's and so disgusting. It to is. Me. It is. And they're it's like everybody's nervous, though. You know, the midterms coming up. Everybody's on either side is, is really nervous because nobody knows what's going to happen. Who, who got the bump? How big is the bump? You know, and so you have Democrats downplaying the the Kavanaugh bump, right? The, so the story is Democrats were enjoying more of in in the enthusiasm gap, right? Because historically, mm-hmm. uh, the midterms are not good for whoever holds power. There's always a reversal in the midterms. 
because, you know, you vote for somebody, they get in there, and then the focus, obviously, of every media, no matter what side, are always the negatives, and that's what you get on, and so there's sort of, okay, we don't like this, because we know how fickle the American people are. So there's this midterm, uh, midterm revenge kind of thing, and the Democrats were talking about their, uh, you know, they held uh, sway in the enthusiasm gap, right? And right. then came the Kavanaugh drama, and so... Now, now the, the Republican base yep. is is fire breathing mad, <laughs> and so now the Democrats are trying to downplay that in the in the liberal media, um, you know, who who transmits their message, uh, is trying to play it down like, well, it's not really it's not really a, a Kavanaugh bump for the Republicans. It's more of a Kavanaugh hiccup. I think the New York Times or Washington Post said that it's, it's just a hiccup, not really a bump. And so, you know, there's a little freak out. Uh, I think on both sides, and then you see the Republicans pulling financial support from certain uh, certain uh, races that that uh, you know, maybe they don't think are, are winnable in the House and this sort What's of. What's interesting is is that with Kavanaugh, like you said, the natural tendency is if you're in power, you lose power in the midterm. Yeah. So if they'd have left well enough alone, they could have ridden the ri- the the wave of history. They may have just actually snatched victory out of the jaws of or what sure. is a next defeat out of jaws of victory well, how and, that goes well so, so now the message it it's it's really funny there's a new york times article of, about this uh i think out on the the 10th maybe yesterday and uh, opinion piece by michelle coddle i think of her name at one of the editors new york Times. democrats don't muck this up and it's really funny because right you, you always talk about now they try to argue how they're not biased mm-hmm. okay this is an editor of the New York Times, right? The, the, the One of the people that controls, you know, how the story is written. So she's writing an opinion piece, the editor of the paper them, it, itself, saying, okay, Democrats, you know, do, do it the right way so we can win. Oh, okay, you're not biased at all. Give me a break. But so now the message is take a breath and calm down. And it's so funny. In the article, she's basically telling the Democrats to, you know, calm down and focus on your message messaging and your midterm message which it seems kind of late in the game for that to me but and and then on the parallel rails trying to say that all oh, republicans are saying there's this radical left freak out and an unruly mob and that's just a total lie and you know total propaganda okay so if it's propaganda then why are you telling your own party to calm down right yeah. if it's a lie then you shouldn't have to tell them to get control of themselves Again, men tear up our constitution And from every direction We cry revolution Standing together and without permission Soldiers for truth in the war of attrition The love of our country As our The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. 
And I want to point out that while all of the distraction going on with Kanye and Trump, while all the people are still, the media is still focused on Kavanaugh, there are still 49 pending judicial appointments waiting to be confirmed. Yeah. 49 lower court justices that need to be appointed. Well, and I think, again, speaks to the midterms. It speaks to the importance of, of this. And this is funny. In that same New York Times article, uh, this editor is saying is basically saying, uh, okay, all the Republicans and their base were mad about Kavanaugh. But come on, we've got three weeks until the election. That's an eternity. You know, they're going to lose interest and, and you know, they're not they can't sustain their anger. So it's really, you know, we've got this chance to beat them because they're just going to forget. I mean, come on. Seriously, I, I, I can't believe that's how the Republicans. I mean, she's describing really the Democrat mentality, it seems to me. Right, you, right. They sustain themselves on this emotion and this sort of visceral fear-mongering craziness. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, the, she's going, oh, the Republicans are fear-mongering, and they're saying that there's a bunch of left radicals out there trying to destroy the country, and they have plans to impeach the president, impeach Kavanaugh, and, and you know, have all these lawsuits. And that, that is just so not true. <laughs> and we see announcement day mm-hmm. after day of Pelosi and all of these members talking about what? Impeaching Kavanaugh, uh, bringing more lawsuits, impeaching the president. And so these guys are in full freakout mode, full CYA mode, if I can say that. Just all this all this stuff is not true. Everything that you're hearing the Republicans say even though Pelosi's saying it, even though Schumer's saying it, even though all of our Democrat representatives are saying it, and Cortez is saying it, and Keith Ellison is saying it, it's actually not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they are really scared about these midterms. So I, I would, there's kind of this message out there of the Republicans are nervous and we're going to lose. I'm telling you, somebody's nervous, and that's the Democrat Party and these bunch of socialists. They are freaking out i don't care what you hear they are scared well and the people should realize that you have four circuit judges 43 district judges and two federal judges uh on the federal level that uh that need need confirmation 49 judges in america in our judicial supremacist society wield more power than congress does in an election, 49 judges will be more powerful than 49 House members. 49 judges will be more powerful. My goodness, that's, that's, uh, that's almost the entire, uh, over ha- almost half the Senate, right? 49 judges. I think we've talked about this before. The power of the judiciary that is wielded through the judiciary and, and, and the fact that the American people do not pay any attention to these things we should be paying just as much attention to these federal judges and their nomination as we do kavanaugh yeah we should be just as concerned if not more concerned when you think statistically speaking how many cases get to the supreme court compared to how many cases stay in the lower courts exactly these lower courts have greater potential to affect your individual life than Kavanaugh does. 
And if you're going to have a court that's going to overturn anything, it's going to have to start in the lower courts. Because nothing gets to the Supreme Court until it goes through the lower courts. The Supreme Court rarely ever takes original jurisdiction of anything anymore. They'll always defer it back to the lower courts. And so what you're going to have to have is you're going to have to have people in the lower courts that are going to make a, a, a challenge of the Supreme Court, challenge the precedent of the Supreme Court, and maybe a good federal judge who challenges a precedent of the Supreme Court can actually have an influence on a justice like Kavanaugh who is married to precedent. See, I don't think you're going to get Kavanaugh to do anything until someone presents to him a compelling argument that the precedent God that he worships is wrong. Uh And that's going to have to come from the lower courts. The uh, Judicial Committee has sent eight judges uh, to the full Senate for final votes. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, eight more. And that was just today, actually. And the total judges now on the floor are 49. And Grassley is telling the Senate Judiciary Committee, we need, in the Senate, we have lots of work to do, and we need to stay in session until these judges are confirmed. But where's, where's the political push? Right. Where's the Republican leadership that were were crazy bent on making sure that they jam Kavanaugh through? Where are they now when we're really, really and I'm telling you, I am not trying to to diminish the importance of the Supreme Court, although I do believe that they are less important than when than we held them up to be. Yeah, They, they ought to be. And they ought to be, right, because the Constitution says they are the least yeah. powerful branch but of that, government. But that's why the big fight, because, you know, the Democrats have used it as their as their sort of backup, you know, whatever they oh, can. Well, the Republicans have, have as well. They have, yeah. But I, in recent years, Democrats even more so. Um, and, of course, I think that's primarily because we had a Democratic administration. But we w- what we've seen, the pattern is whatever they can't get past – in Congress, whatever they can't get past, you know, through the people, the voice of the people, then they run to the Supreme Court and foist it upon the nation who who has this perspective that whatever the Supreme Court says is law. And and so that's that's why uh, that side is huge. And then and then even more so uh, what you're talking about, the, the federal system that leads up to that, because that's how that's the channel that they push it through. To get to the Supreme Court, they, they can't they would not have been able to carry out such activism uh, had they not for so long stacked these lower courts the way that they have. Can I mention to you how important this is? Because, look, I have to remind you that in 1988, Ronald Reagan nominated an associate judge of the Superior Court of the District of Columbia by the name of Eric Holder. (laughs) Okay? This is how important this is. So this is not only, uh, generally speaking, and not importantly speaking, the, the, the course of federal decisions come from lower courts. The direction of federal decisions come from lower courts. But this is also a political launching pad. 
district court judges have a greater launching pad to become to have hold hold higher office in government. If can you imagine if Ronald Reagan in nineteen nine in nineteen eighty eight had never nominated Eric Holder to be a federal judge, would Eric Holder be who he is today? We have we, I'm hearing these rumors that Eric Holder is going to run for president in 2020. Good. No, that's not good. That's angry. That's that's the voice <laughs> of Chris Ann Hall being angry. I like it. You know what? I you know come what may, I blame the Republican leadership for Don, for Eric Holder running for president in 2020. Yeah, being able to being he able should to. be impeached. He, he should, should be have been impeached. He should have been in prison. He was found guilty. Yeah. Of lying under oath. Mm-hmm. He was found guilty, contempt of court, uh, lying to Congress. Wasn't that that's connected to Fast and Furious, right? Yes. So his lying in particular led to the murder right. uh, of, of that agent, Brian, Brian Terry. Terry. Exactly. Absolutely. Eric Holder should be in An prison. Accessory to murder. He should be in federal prison. In the very least, he should have been impeached. And in being impeached, actually... Uh, would preclude him from at running for office ever again. And here's the crazy thing: I I will tell you, I absolutely, uh, I absolutely um, blame the Republican Party for this, because the Republican Party was uh, was actually in um, uh, in power. In the House, the Republican Party, there were actually members of the Republican Party who drafted articles of impeachment for Eric Holder. And we know this because one of the House members by the name of Ted Yoho, he actually sent us the uh, articles of impeachment for Eric Holder. And the leadership in the Republican Party would not even allow the articles of impeachment of Eric Holder to even come before the House of Representatives for consideration. This is insane. Can I get a witness out there? (laughs) Can I get a witness? Amen. We have impeachment, articles of impeachment actually written, actually written to to impeach Eric Holder by House members. Refusal to comply with subpoena issued by the Oversight Committee. Failure to enforce the, uh, the Controlled Substance Act's Anti-Drug Abuse Act violates the AG of his oath. Now, these are the articles of impeachment drafted by members of the Republican Party against Eric Holder. Refusal to prosecute IRS officials involved in targeting and disclosure of tax records to political donors. False testimony under oath before Congress. Can I just say false testimony under oath is a federal crime. You have a federal criminal found guilty of a federal crime, and the Republican leadership, even when their people wanted it to happen, would not impeach this man. And it, now he's going to run for president in 2020. It's, it's really fascinating to me. I look at the guy, and he seems really forward-thinking, like long-term, because here was a guy who was 
Democrat-appointed, first Reagan and then Democrat-appointed uh, prosecutor that prosecuted Democrat Rostin, Rostin, Rostintowski, I forget how to say his name, in the House Ways and Means Committee for Corruption. And then he's, here he is, Attorney General, and refusing to prosecute IRS and, and, and all these covering, totally covering for Democrats, total Democrat act at that point. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show, the final segment of our show today. You know, it just occurred to me that Eric Holder running for office, for running for president in 2020, just highlights the hypocrisy uh, that has infested the people uh, who take up this Marxist leftist ideology. Because these are the people that wanted to crucify Kavanaugh for um, his drinking habits in high school. But we have a man who, as an adult in public service, committed a crime of lying under oath, which is also called perjury. And they didn't do anything to him. Both the neither the right nor the left did anything to him. Nor the bar association. Nor the bar association. Very good point there, JC. Thank you for just adding fuel to my fire on this. Yeah. And now nothing, nothing. And not only that, the man is going to be. Here's the thing: if Eric Holder runs for office, does he win? I don't know. I don't care because, number one, he shouldn't be running for office. And everybody knows when they run for president, it is a financial boon. They get rich off this. It is a money marketing scheme. Well, the scary part is so, I mean, this is this is a guy with significant baggage. But you think back. (laughs) That's a nice word for it. Yeah. But you think back. uh, So which is why I would say I said, great, let him run because like. It's a terrible candidate. I love it when these radicals get on on in the spotlight. But my question would be, did we learn anything from Barack Obama? Because he had all this stuff, but you weren't allowed to talk about it. So nothing came out. So that's the thing about Holder. Yep. I mean, you got all the, yep. the, the guys practically uh, uh, a, a uh, what do you call it, accomplice mm-hmm. to Brian Terry's murder. And, yeah. you know, and, and how many and other murders from Fast and Furious? Whole of, of things, of violations. And so the question would be, would anybody even talk about it? Oh, I would, have would no. Would it even be shared? I have absolutely no faith in the Republican Party to even bring these things up right. to the election. Uh, if he were to run, there's no. I have no hope that yeah. the Republican leadership would say anything about this because number one, it indicts them because it brings up the question that all the Democrats yeah, if he was have so to bad. do. Yeah, why didn't you impeach yeah, exactly. him? Exactly. If he was exactly. so bad, why didn't you do something while he was doing yep. it? They're not going to say anything about this. Yeah, you're probably right. And so now what it's going to be, it's going to be another racial war. Yep. So if you say anything bad about Eric Holder, it's you're because he's a black man and you're a racist. Uh-huh. It's not because he's a criminal. It's not because he's a political prostitute. It's not because he's an immoral hack. Of the highest order. Of the highest order. This man um, this man got rich over the murder of our Border Patrol agents. Yeah. 
got rich off the murder of our Border Patrol agents and then hid it yeah. and escaped prosecution he's because he's a member of the political elite. Cashing it in with speeches. Cashing it in. And now he's going he's gonna to go for the big payoff and run for president. These, this is disgusting, people. Everybody's like, oh, you don't get rich running for office. Yes, you do. Yeah. Yes, you do if you're, if you're the elite party of there. Tell, tell that You and I would not get rich running for office. Tell me how John McCain had six mansions. Yeah, exactly. Six houses. Exactly. How does that work? Yeah. And even, you can't tell me, tell me, look me in the eye and tell me uh, Mitt Romney lost money running for president. No. Trump probably has. Yeah, well, He's that's probably different. the only guy. <laughs> You know, the they put his money where his mouth is. Yeah. I don't know. Ross Perot. Because he said he didn't need it. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. There's another one. <laughs> another one. We just blew away the money. Ross, what? Who's yeah. that? Who's that guy? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm just I, I am. I am incensed. I am incredibly angry every time I see Eric Holder doing something. And now I just cannot believe that. That there is even with a a sense of sincerity and honesty, this man running for president. So when Chris Ann is out at an at an event, you guys can like you sneak up behind her and go, Eric Holder, and just watch her just turn beet red and get fire breathing. Better man. look out! I might turn around and punch yeah, somebody in might the catch nose. An elbow, elbow to the temple, <laughs> back fist. Because you know I like the MMA thing. You might just I'm not gonna yeah. punch. I'm just gonna turn up back. <laughs> so say it and then run. She will spin around, <laughs> take your back, and put you in a rear naked choke. <laughs> make you forget Eric Holder ever existed. Amen. Hallelujah. I wish the American Let people could as well. Thank you so much for joining us. Today is Thursday, so we will see you again on Saturday. God bless. In sharing the blessings I received. Let me know in my heart when my days are through. America, America, I gave my best to you.